Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast, my show. Uh, this is for the week ending Saturday, uh, July 25th. Uh, number one, bonds are going down. That sounds like an absolute statement, but over the next three, five, seven years, I'm pretty darn confident bonds are going down. Bond prices are going down. Yields are going up. Number two, gold, silver, uranium are going up. That kind of plays into number one. I'm paying attention to that, and I'll make sure that you do too. Number three, Neil Brennan uh, has a great special on Netflix uh, called Three Mics. It's actually about three years old, but I learned of it when he was on Jordan Harbinger's podcast. It's much-needed levity at the end, and I recommend it highly. So, so check that out at the end. Uh, number one, Bakes Takes Fan Mail. Uh, Mike, we're getting calls, we're getting questions, and nice. it's, it's, it's really... Uh, People are listening. It's really exciting. And really watching. Exciting. And watching. We're subscribers are building. We're getting a lot of more feedback. I'm, I'm on. Uh, please reach out to me with any comments or questions. Uh, I try to be responsive, and every morning, you know, we answer uh, uh, Twitter uh, direct messages and and uh, the YouTube channel comments, uh, especially the uranium people. There have been. I, I can't. I, a lot of conversation. I couldn't have fathomed that there'd be so many people that cared about uranium mm-hmm. as fervently as they do. So we struck a chord. So. Uh, anyway, this is, um, uh, uh, Mike, this is John uh, D., great guy, friend of mine from uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, wrote to me, uh, texted me, haven't talked to him in probably six months uh, at least, love the podcast, phenomenal, turned buddies on to it, interested in URNM, the uranium ETF yeah. that we own, um, and uh, it's very gratifying. So, John, thank you, uh, hope you and your family are great, and can't wait to see you soon. Uh, uh, he asked about gold and uh, uh, and predictions of gold being four thousand dollars an ounce. Mm. And, and and you mentioned off camera, you know, they say it's going to be four thousand yeah. dollars an ounce. <laughs> and I said because I'm a cynical son of a gun that it's probably someone who already owns a lot of gold that's calling for gold being four thousand an ounce. Uh, we're at nineteen hundred and change, depending on the day, and um, uh. I'm going to get into that. Silver is playing catch-up to gold to a certain extent. It's, it's sometimes called poor man's gold. Uh, but it, 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 it's at, at minimum a signal. Uh, I'll tell you about uh, how I am viewing this right now, and I hope it helps John and, and Mike and, and, and other people. So there we go. It's a ridiculously good dovetail for a number of topics I want to cover this week, if you saw me on Twitter, I've got a pile about I had a pile about a foot high I that, that I uh, that I whittled down last night into the wee hours, and um, uh, so the coffee's kicking in. I'm getting you know ju- juiced up again, uh, but let's talk about bonds going down. Uh, this is a uh, a long term chart, the ten year Treasury, uh, you know, U.S. Treasury bonds, we arguably the best credit on the on the planet. And this this dive from 15 plus down to now 60 basis points. And my uh, thought is that the chances of us from going from 60 to zero are about zero, especially if you listen to Chairman Powell. The chances of them going negative is about zero. And there's a great rule of thumb for every 1% increase in the rate of interest rate the bond price goes down by 10%. So if you're at 100, it goes to 90. If, if rates go up another uh, 100 basis points, 1%. Uh, 
it goes down to 80, etc. So the chances of losing money in bonds right now is, I think, pretty substantial going forward. And I like to give you this historical perspective, especially my younger viewers, because they don't have it. They went around, they can't even fathom that, that rates were 15% at one point in time. This is money supply. And, um, and I just show this to, to uh, again, put historical context. This is a 30-year chart. As you know from my prior shows, the longer time period a chart has, I always ask you to look at the, the time period covered by the axis because uh, I think the news media uses short-term uh, uh, time frames to make uh, near-term moves look more dramatic than they are, CNBC. Um, but uh, here's the long-term uh, uh, money supply, and the Fed is printing money like crazy in unprecedented levels and, you know, you don't have to be much of a technician to see that when money supply goes up dramatically, interest rates follow. Now, this is the Fed funds rate. This is the short-term interest rate that the Federal Reserve sets uh, as, as they lend to banks. Now, the long-term Treasury, 10 years to 30 years, um, uh, is, uh, you know, they, could, they don't control that anywhere near like they control the short part of the curve. So I think bonds are going down. And then this is gold. And uh, again, here we are at, at 1900 plus. It looks like we're going to take out this, this 2200 level setback in uh, the 80s. The, you know, 79 and 80. And uh, it's pretty amazing that this is happening with quote unquote no inflation out there. But gold's pretty smart. The gold market's pretty smart. And I think that if, if gold's going up, bonds are going down sometime over the next three, five, seven years. And I think it's a very low risk prediction because of the, of the zero floor we have versus 60. So have I beaten that horse dead enough? Yeah. Okay, thanks. All right. Here's Bakes Takes Reporters of the Week. Uh, this is Joe Wallace in the Wall Street Journal. And again, John, you kind of set off a, a cascade here as I went through my pile last night. Um, gold prices hit record as the dollar drops. Now, obviously, gold is is denominated in, in dollar, but the uh, you know, gold is, is rising in virtually every currency that you can, you can pick out there. And... Um, uh, again, we're taking out the 2011 peak, it looks like, and we're approaching the, the, the you know, 79.80 peak. This is historic stuff. So, uh, and I cannot believe that Powell and the Federal Reserve are, are, are not aware of what gold is, is telling them. It may be different this time, but that's not the way to bet. So here's Joe uh, in a recent Wall Street Journal story. Monday's record marked a, a milestone in gold's bull run. Uh, which many traders are, are hearkening back to 08-11 and the late 70s, like we just said. Uh, the gloomy outlook for the world economy, decline in interest rates, rising tensions between U.S. and China, which we've talked about, um, and the dollar's depreciation have fueled the surge as investors have bought assets they perceive to be havens. And uh, uh, this is from Dave Govett at uh, Merrick Spectron, and I think it's a great, uh, great quote. There's still a lot of things to be worried about which is why gold is attracting all this attention and all this money. And I also like the fact that he brought up, brought up a bear case, which I always ask for, 
Uh, Govett added that gold could be knocked off course in the event of a correction in the stock market that prompts investors to sell precious metals to meet margin calls. And we saw that back in February, March, that 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 one month right. swoon. Everything went down. Yeah, it was. I want to out. I need cash. I need to, you know, be safe, feel safe. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier before the show. Is just, you know, the idea of gold going up and everybody, you know, straying from cash right now, right? Uh, yes, and I, you know, I don't think cash is trash. I think cash is is. I like having some cash around. Sure. You know, I just until it's know. not worth anything. Yeah, but that's. I mean, is that possible? Yes, it's possible. But well, that's I mean, the fear. I'm not saying it's like going to happen this year, but that's the the fear mentality. Well, the, and that goes back and stuff that like go, that. That goes back to the September show, right? Okay, I keep hearkening to that because uh, I, I'm I, I will beat this horse dead again too. Uh, uh, I just said have a little more gold than normal and a little more cash than normal mm-hmm. because the bond market was doing things that we've never seen before, and the stock market was as old. The bull market was as old as it's ever been. Right. And it's been a pretty good place to be, so I, I, you know, I stick to that. Uh, so um, the gold and silver charts, I did have some this past month. They were kind of grinding up on on okay volume is the term I have. I, you know, how much I focus on volume. I like to see a base, and then I want to see a big volume day, and I want to have it push through and create stairs in the charts. Uh, I'm going through all my charts this weekend. This is the end of the month. I do it every month. Uh, and there's going to be new ideas coming. Please stay tuned. I don't own, I own some some physical gold now. I don't own any of the, um, uh, and I think someone, I think you should. I think people should have some small percentage, three, five percent uh, in, in physical gold. But the, um, uh, the, the gold ETFs I haven't done yet. For the reason that I, I, it hasn't suited my eye, which is maybe I'm picking nits too much. I'm going to go through everything with a fine tooth comb and come back with new ideas next week. And please stay tuned for that. All right, here's the next bakes take uh, chart tweets of the week. This is from John Quakes, who is prolific on commenting on uranium uh, 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 daily. There's 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 several posts that he puts up. And uh, this is, a, 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 and I, I promise to kind of bring out new uranium themes and stories over the course of time so I don't inundate you. Last week, we talked about the top 10 reasons why I bought the URNM, uh, the, the ETF. And there's a subtlety going on where URA, a competing ETF, which I also own, is uh, becoming more of a pure play uranium stock uh i mentioned when i when i first commented on this that barrett gold was the number three position uh they have uh, almost they have zero uranium production as far as i i know it's 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 gold and copper all the time they have uh so the 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 ura is going to be making changes to the portfolio that probably means you're going to have some selling that goes under the ura that could short-term weaken this but then they're going to be buying a lot of the things that the less liquid URNM owns. And I think you want to hold on to both as, as, as this plays out. Because I think, that, again, I think we're in, in a multi-year trend with uranium and I want to stick with it. But I want to hear your bull points and your bear points. I always ask for a bear story. Uh, one uh, other fellow came in uh, over the YouTube channel, which I highly encourage you to go to. Because this is the visuals aids, I think, are really helpful. 
And the bear story is another Fukushima. If you have another uh, uh, accident that that shuts down nuclear reactors, that's going to be a huge problem. Uh, I've asked what have people learned from Fukushima to to make reactors more safe. I don't know the ins and outs of that yet. I've got more reading to do tonight and over the course of the week and the end of the month. So I'd love to hear what you think about the risk that there's another Fukushima headline that that, that damages uranium. Uh, this is another tweet uh, from uh, at Elliot Wave Nerd. Now, I'm not going to go into the weeds as much as, as this chart shows. But make a long story short, Bob Prechter, who uh, writes, for the, writes the Elliott Wave Theorist, has, has written several books. He correctly called the 87 crash. And so I paid attention to what he wrote. I read every book he's ever written. His mom hasn't written, hasn't read every, every book that he's written. Um, so Elliott Wave Theory is very complicated. But make a long story short, uh, 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 I want to say it's Roger Elliott, but that might not be right. But anyway... The he points to observing that stocks tend to move five waves up in a in a in a strong trend and correct in three waves down. That's being overly simplistic, but that's basically it. Uh, this setup, this count, as they call it in Elliott Wave world, looks very very bullish for the VIX. Uh, so this this is pointing to volatility taking out the all-time highs in March, if he's right. It looks like a valid count to me. There are times that that, that counts are negated. Uh, if you take out the, these uh, these lows significantly, then the count probably has to be called into question. But if we go from 24 to, to 75 plus, 85 plus, that's going to be a huge move in the VIXY and the VIXM, which is why I bring it up, Mike. Okay, let's go to the next chart, please. Oh, reasons volatility will pick up. And this is uh, uh, an elaboration and a continuance of the Howard Marks observations, where there's sort of uh, uh, positives or negatives on the ledger. And I think there's going to be news that that uh, creates uh, turbulence, volatility, I don't like the word volatility so much because it always implies down volatility. You know, we always think we're smart when it's up volatility. And then when we lose money, we blame volatility. So uh, here's what I, COVID-19 is one item. I think that the, and you can argue with me and please do, uh, that the expectations for positive news on vaccine timelines in particular I think those expectations are positive and pretty elevated at this point in time. So a negative surprise on vaccine data or timelines, I think, is going to be bad for stocks. COVID deaths are peaking, uh, perking up a little, a little. Uh, I don't think it's a worrisome trend at this point in time. But if we start to see deaths, not cases, go up, then... I think that's going to be a, a possible negative surprise. I obviously have no idea if that's going to happen, but I think it's certainly a possibility that is mispriced in the market. That's my view. The election. Trump should be walking in to his second term, given that the stock market is up 50% since he won the election back in November of uh, 16. Uh, the fact that Biden has, depending on what the poll 
is 10, 15, 20 point leads right now is crazy to me. Uh, but that's how unpopular Trump is. We have three months of surprises. The ads are going to boggle your mind, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I'm throwing out a new potential volatility uh, component. Uh, if Trump Clinton's Biden, what is, how does the market react? Is it Trump is so pro-business that it's good for the market or that it throws the country into such disarray and chaos that it's bad for the market? Biden is obviously bigger government, higher tax, higher regulation, but is the perception that he's going to uh, uh, save us from four years of, of Trump's volatility i'll use that term and i'll be i'm being kind uh don't know but i i think right now it's okay the the expectation is biden walks in uh even though that flies in the face of history and we'll see if there's negative surprises along the way uh earnings economic recovery i think people are kind of saying 2021 is going to get us back pretty close to 2019 Anything that puts a monkey wrench into that expectation, I think, is another source of volatility. And uh, gold and silver, we didn't talk about a month ago, and now it is all over the financial press and and TV shows. Uh, Uranium has joined the party. And if we start seeing inflation numbers, which means the Fed has, you know, certainly can't lower rates anymore. And if the bond vigilantes push bond prices down and interest rates up on the longer end of the curve, I think that's going to be a negative if it occurs. Inflation has been dormant forever. If it ever shows up, I think that's going to be a negative. Uh, the South China Sea in China is, is again, it's one of those things that's on the back, uh, you know, page 19 of The Economist, and it's certainly it's on page 39 of, of the, the journal. I'm making those numbers up. But if it ever becomes... Uh, uh, a you know a military conflict with with China uh, you know in, in, in essence uh, building uh, uh, artificial islands that are armed with with uh, with missiles and what have you and Pompeo made a speech that was very inflammatory towards the Chinese so uh, especially in an election year when, when you know both sides have an incentive to to make China angry. Uh, I think there's negative surprises there that are very possible. And then, then there's many others, and you can you know, tell me yours. I'd love to hear about them. So, uh, again, I want this to be interactive. The more feedback I get, the more we come to better decisions, I think. Um, so I think the expectations are leaning to the positive. Negative surprises are going to cause big swings. Here is the, the VIXM, the uh, medium-term ProShares VIX Futures ETF, and I drew these lines. Uh, that th- this in technical parlance is a, a pennant for obvious reasons, and that's that's kind of textbook. I mean, that's that's a really pretty pattern. And if you see uh, a break above the top red line, uh, if you're seeing this on YouTube, or the bottom red line then, uh, you know, that's going to be the way that, that it goes. I think it's going to the upside for the reasons I just mentioned. Uh, I think the volume pattern is positive. So I'll keep you uh, apprised of this as we go forward. But I like to give you, I want to be 
Uh, I don't want to portnoy you. I want, I'm giving you all the rationale along the way. You can make your own decision. I'm not in the ranting and raving business, with all due respect to, to him. Um, growth versus value. Uh, you know, talk about trees dying needlessly. Uh, uh, there's always this argument, oh, you know, what, what's going to lead the market from here? Is growth going to outperform? Value going to outperform? For an individual investor, you shouldn't care. I don't care. It's irrelevant. We just want to make money. I mean, if, if, uh, it just, if, it, if it's uh, Lebanese pork futures that are going up, I'm in. I, I just, it, it, you know, this whole growth versus value debate, I think it's, you know, what it, what it is is the value guys are saying, you know, yeah, we've, we've underperformed and stunk and, 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 and uh, growth in the S&P and the NASDAQ have, have, have crushed us for the last 10 years. But wait, we're going to see the, the turn. And I think, you know, who gives a damn? I, it's bananas to me. So anyway, that, I spent too much time on it. I apologize. All right. Bakes Take Podcast of the Week. Uh, Josh Brown, he's the CEO of Ritholtz Wealth Management. He's on CNBC all the time. I like him. Uh, I think we're kindred spirits. He's a little cynical. He's a little curt. Uh, I'm a little more curt. But anyway, uh, at six minutes, he uh, talks about the the uh, SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Corporation. I think that's the acronym. And it's essence a, a blank check, blank check uh, company. Uh, uh, Bill Ackman just raised $4 billion for a SPAC. And he, in essence, said, trust me, I'm going to go find a unicorn that is uh, out there and put it into a public shell, and we're all going to make a lot of money. And it, he he might do that. He might do that. He, he did a similar thing with Burger King that uh, Josh talked about extensively. Uh, but the, the, he, Josh talked about the, the credulity in the marketplace where virtually everything is believed. It's pretty astonishing. We, we know we walk around with masks, we shut down for five months and now we believe that, that there is a, uh, Nicola or, or a, uh, Virgin Galactic out there ev- around every turn that's just waiting to go into a SPAC, become a public company and be terrific. Uh, IPOs are the best asset class year to date, which he points out that there's a lot of froth in the system. He brought in Larry uh, McDonald from the the Bear Trap Report. Uh, uh, Larry just signed up um, and and talks about Tesla. And they had this nice back and forth about Tesla just announced their fourth quarter of profitability, and that allows them to be considered by the S&P Inclusion Committee committee to go into the S&P 500. And uh, he makes some good points. This gets a little wonky, so bear with me. That all the other companies in the S&P that are around a $300 billion market cap have yields that are below 1%. So the, the, their cost to borrow is, is pretty nominal. The bonds on Tesla are 4% plus. So it's, uh, the, 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 the bond market is saying... We'll, we'll, we're going to charge you a, a risk premium for where you are right now, and we'll see how this plays out down the road. So um, a couple things. Uh, I think Josh mentioned it. might have been Larry or both, but he, he suggested playing with the house money. Tesla's gone from 400 to 1500 this year, 
And anytime you have a move like that, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Take out your original investment and then let the rest ride. And you, you don't have too many quadruples that occur in, in seven months. And so, uh, and then we can, we'll, we'll um, uh, deploy the cell discipline that I've talked about in the past down the road. It's a great product. It, the, 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 the fan base is, is monstrous. Uh, but uh, the valuation is, is, is lofty, to put it mildly. And we don't talk about individual names too much. I just thought this was a kind of a, a, a unique situation where the S&P inclusion factors come into play, and it might be a, a worthwhile discussion. And I suspect that you folks out there with Betterman and, and Robinhood accounts probably has some Tesla in there. And I just say, you know, uh, food for thought. You know, you do what you want to do, do your own due diligence, but taking uh, uh, your original investment off the table, I think makes sense. Terrific podcast. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. So there you go. Um, next chart, please. Oh, here's SPAC activity. And I kind of suspected this was the case, but I didn't know this. We're at all time highs. And look at this. 07 is a stock market high and, and 2009 is a stock market low and SPACs show up and become popular. Mike, am I, am I, are you staying with me? I am. I'm watching. <laughs> uh, uh, you had that sort of, uh, you know, deer in the headlights thing. I want to make sure I'm that learning I, 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 is what's happening. Okay, right there you now. go. I'm learning. You go. Yes. Thank you very much. That's my I didn't student mean to face. That's my student face. I didn't mean to call you. Thank <laughs> you. You, you, look, you. You look very, um, very uh, scholarly as you, as you do that. But, you know, again, anytime I see something that perks up near prior peaks, I kind of say, hmm. That, you know, if I start saying this time it's different, you probably should throw a brick at me because it's always echoes. And um, I think that the popularity of SPAC means we're probably pretty close to, to stock market highs. I could be wrong. It could be we could have more to go. But this is pretty indicative of this is basically looks like a stock chart to me. So there we go. Um, all right, that's what we have for the show. Uh, please subscribe, review, and share my Bakes Takes uh, podcast on Apple, Spotify, your preferred platform. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The uh, audio is the same, but the charts are on the screen. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please use your voice memo app. Tape your questions and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write if you prefer. I will also keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Have a great week. This is Bakes. Much needed levity, as I mentioned before, is Neil Brennan. Three mics. It's on Netflix, and I think you'll really enjoy it. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye now. <laughs>